Hey guys, and welcome back to the Skullcast, the greatest, best, and only podcast about Berserk from the members of Skullknight.net. I'm your host, Walter, and my cats are fighting. Shut the fuck up. And I'm joined today by Azil, way over in France. Hey guys. Uh, Grail, out in California. Hello. And Griffith, out somewhere near Griffith Park? Yeah, actually. <laughs> I knew it. I like to stay close to home base. <laughs> <laughs> You probably know what we're here to talk about. The latest episode, 354, came out a few days ago. Uh, we're recording this podcast a little bit early, recording on the day of release. So we'll be getting to that in a moment. There's actually very, very little other Berserk news to go over. The only thing I wanted to say was that the guidebook from Dark Horse, their version of the guidebook, was originally slated for next month, but it got pushed back to May. And the novel still does not have a date from Dark Horse. It has been confirmed they're working on it, but there is no date for it. <laughs> from the Berserk Extended Universe. <laughs> yes, the, the rich lore of the Grunbeld novel. But other than that, the main event here is, of course, that Casca is back, which is a huge moment. The next hugest I can think of is when the worlds merge, and before that, the eclipse. So it's up there with top two, three moments in the entire series, right. I think. <clears throat> Excuse me, what about a certain incarnation, you know? That was a big deal, too. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. No doubt. Top top four, then. What I wanted to do first, as always, before we get really deep into it, for posterity, I like to record a little summary here. So I will quickly summarize uh, 354, and then we'll get into it. Farnese and Shirke interact with the final fragment, an image of Guts and Casca's deformed child, but these two are in the dark about who or what that actually is still. They're transported to the Eclipse. Shirke and Farnese witness swirling memories of that time, including Judo's death, their comrades torn to pieces, and of course Femto raping her while Guts is pinned down by apostles. At that moment, her mind breaks, starting from her pelvis and becomes the broken doll. The scene transforms and we see that memory being sucked down into a heart surrounded by thorns. Shirke notes this is the final fragment, cursed by that experience. They can restore Casca's mind, but that experience will plague her upon waking. Casca went insane because she couldn't endure it, Shirke says, and then she's reminded of Skull Knight's words, what you wish for may not be what she wishes for. Just then, the Femto Falcon breaks through the thorny barrier, but Dog Guts is able to temporarily keep it at bay. Farnese places the heart in the doll's chest, and the falcon disappears. The doll's face now resembles Casca, and the sprite goes back into her body through a little trap door where the brand was. The group looks up as Danan ushers them back, and Casca opens her eyes in the waking world. Great podcast, guys. Uh, <laughs> you, should, you should become a, an audiobook narrator. You'd make a lot of money. I should become a podcast host. There's a lot of money in that. <laughs> so much money. Honestly, there's this is very dense episode. Like this could have been split into two episodes and and it wouldn't have we wouldn't have felt it, you know. We would there's just so much to sink our teeth into here. We kind of blow through the eclipse in about what feels like 3 or 4 pages and really it's like maybe two and a half pages. No, it's like 34. Okay. It's really really quick. Yeah. Uh and I also kind of wanted to start with our, with our expectations for this episode, you know, as we recorded them last time, because of the way last episode ended with the demon child, it's it made some sense. And if, if you listened to last episode, we talked extensively about, well, how in the hell is he going to thread that needle from the beginning of the eclipse to ending with the demon child's birth? Like, 
How's he going to do that in one episode? Well, he didn't. He just didn't really address the demon child. The group is still left in the dark about that. I was thinking about how a lot of the prediction that we were making at the time of the last episode was about whether or not the rape was going to be covered. And we all, <laughs> I think, came to the conclusion that the rape was going to be covered, but in a lot more extensive you know, painful detail, whether we liked it or not, sort of thing, as you were talking about that. I think what we weren't expecting it was for it to be, uh, you know, covered so briefly. I'm, I'm kind of fine with how it was depicted, but yeah, I would have expected, I don't know, maybe two pages more or something like that, and um, especially more emphasis on uh, the whole femto, you know, uh, pinning her down, you know, with Gus also pinned by the apostles looking at her. So we, we do get all these panels, and we, we get everything, uh, even Judo's death and all that stuff. But yeah, it's very... Um, abridged i guess uh actually just like the other memories you know i, I went to check back all the uh, memory sequences and uh, uh all of them like the longest one is three pages hmm. and some of them are just one and uh yeah so this one is slightly longer and of course the thing is like this these four pages uh, depicting the eclipse but you get this uh, very beautiful uh, double page spread of her breaking and um yeah i i think uh, the reason we don't get to see more of that is because uh not only like this whole nightmare sequence is already a huge like metaphor for the eclipse and what occurred there with all the penis monsters and that kind of stuff but yeah i feel like mira really wanted to focus on on the psychological uh, breakage you know of casca and that's why he uh you know uh, did that huge uh double page and um didn't focus too much on the stuff before that and i think uh i think that's important because that's what we hadn't seen before actually like we've seen the eclipse we kind of know it inside it out this was actually giving us the the inside view that we've never gotten yep yeah it's the her mind's eye you know it's like what happened in her brain what i really find interesting it's not the only thing i find interesting there's a lot i think interesting about the breaking the two-page spread is miura covers up her eyes for all those little shots of her as she's falling you know towards the breaking doll she, he saves that, you know, eye connection for that very last page, which is interesting that he was able to do that. Kind of depersonalizes that moment until the last page. Yeah. Well, I also think it works for just the fact that, like, you know, she's obscured and, you know, losing herself mm -hmm. in that moment. So, you know, there is there are no eyes. You don't get that actual connection. You just see literally her whole being being smashed to pieces. Yeah. The, the transformation from human to doll, it was a very, very cool... Wow. Yeah, and that's that's the ending of the of the memory. The other thing about the eclipse I really liked was the the images going into the eyes, and it's actually unclear to me. I think Azil, you'd said it was Farnese's eyes. I don't know that it. I can't tell whose it is. It's because of the how to say speech bubble, maybe. Yeah, it's because of the of the of the text. Uh, I originally thought okay. it was a uh, Shurka's eyes, but actually Farnese comments that you know she can hear Casca uh, scream and the, mm. like her. You know, it's kind of like a, her last scream, or you know, he's rushing inside her, and uh, she comments on all the memories. Like she feels uh, when we get to see the last, you know, panel, she says like uh, she, she can't put into words the kind of pain Casca experiences, and she feels like her mind is being riven apart, you know, broken into, torn mm -hmm. into pieces, which is, uh, you know, pretty much what happens anyway. So, you know, I also think uh, the reason Mira didn't spend too long depicting the stuff before is, yeah, again, because uh, that whole breaking part is 
not something you can easily depict or describe. So, yeah, I think that's why he focused on that big panel. I guess the symbolism just says it all instead of, you know, going through the whole process again. We've, we've seen it before. And again, like the past three episodes before this one, uh, it's, it's really all about, you know, you get the, the, the penis monsters who are, you know, really quite literally penis, you know, turn into monsters. Then you get the falcon who's also very penis-like, you know, uh, deliberately. And, you know, I feel like, and, and they're on that hill and there's everything going on. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're reading Berserk, you're at volume 40 now. Uh, I think you, you're pretty much aware of it. So I guess, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, like we said last, uh, during that last podcast, that, that's a, a part of the story that uh, is painful, I think, for most readers to, to read through, you know, because it's very, you know, um, takes its time. It's very, like, it's torturing for Guts, for Casca, for the reader. So I also think it makes sense that Murad, you know, want to subject uh, us to to that uh, in detail again. I can I can rationalize that as well. Like, like I can see that take. For me, it's more a matter of expectation. Given this is what's been on the horizon, you know, the entire dream sequence. There were little touches about hints about how this memory might be portrayed. They can feel, you know, the heat rising off of Guts' back in that moment on the Hill of Swords. Not Hill of Swords, excuse me. Bonfire Dream sequence, for example. And so I thought there'd be more touches like that. Like them experiencing, Shirke and Farnese, experiencing this moment a little more. This is so unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say was like, but but where do you take that? Three or four more pages of the rape and then her saying, this is horrible. Like that wouldn't play. Yeah. So yeah, I can kind of see how you made the decision. With all that being said, I, I wouldn't mind it if Mira added a page, uh, you know, in the volume. So if you if you're listening, <laughs> please please add a page or two. But uh, yeah, while we're still on the eclipse, uh, the really the last panel we get of the eclipse when she sees guts. You know, we talked a lot about Mira featuring that moment, but he actually went a little bit further by adding the you know upside down femto kind of hovering over her as well, kind of kind of framing that whole shot, which is just brilliant. I mean, I, I love it so much. Yeah. I would have been uh, really, how to say, uh, disappointed if that one specific shot hadn't been in it because I, I yeah. think it's really, you know, like it's not iconic, but, you know, yeah. I mean, Guts, that, that's the site that he can't forget, you know, his last sight, you know, from uh, his right eye. So, uh, yeah, I felt like, you know, seeing... It from her point of view was obviously important because I always felt that uh, it's not just that she was raped, not just everything. It's also that her boyfriend was being pinned down, half dead, you know, and forced to watch it, you know. And I mean, at that time, she would have expected probably to be killed off right after a while, you know, same for guts. So, you know, it's just... I mean, yeah, it's literally like hell, you know, it's all going to end that way. Yeah. To, to get back to the um, brevity thing, um, there's also, like, Shuriken Farnes' reaction is also very uh, condensed, let's say. You know, we see them, so Shuriken tells Farnes that she, 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 she kind of feels uh, what to expect. She's seen it briefly, she's glimpsed it uh, when she went to Gut's mind in volume 26 to save him from the armor the first time he used it. She didn't quite know what she was looking at, but she knew it was not a good thing. And she expected it would be the same kind of stuff here. So she tells uh, Farnese to brace herself against it, to try to not uh, let it in, you know, because it might, you know, be dangerous for her as well. 
and we see the reaction as they say it's horrible and stuff but yeah it's, it's pretty brief and especially uh, once the memory is over and it spins back into the heart uh, we don't actually get to see them you know uh, react to it you know they, they, they don't, it doesn't seem to have taken uh, much of a toll on them and that's something we also uh, I know I was also surprised to not get a panel of them being like oh boy that was you know, a tough one. Well, I mean, yeah. part of that is because he is, Miura is going at such a breakneck pace and he's covering so much. By page six, we're already looking at the heart. We're, we're not even halfway through. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like, I mean, just rereading it uh, after, you know, just the initial read, you know, because you're kind of taking it slow and as it comes. But then when you look at it in retrospect, it's clearly such a smash cut to the moment when she breaks apart, you know, the memory is almost, it's like, a, you know, your life flashing before your eyes. That's kind of how I look at it in retrospect. That's the kind of view they were getting of it. Yeah. To your point, Griff, I think that the way it's depicted as well kind of speaks to that brevity because it's literally a whirlwind yeah. of emotion. And you mm-hmm. see it all at once. It's a physical whirlwind. You see, you know, Judo dying. You see the, the God hand, you know, standing there. You see, you know, guts being sliced apart. You know, you see all of that at once and then it's a separate page. Yeah. So my impression of it was Farnese and Shirke didn't react to it probably because there was so much there to react to that maybe, you know, it didn't. They didn't absorb it like they did the other memories, but they still got the gist of it well enough to hopefully be able to support Casca when she's back. Yeah, it was like a overwhelming mass of, of information. Yeah, 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 overload. So, what do you guys think about the you know the whole uh, double helix thing in the heart? It's very like the symbolism is uh, very strong. I thought you know. Yeah, well, it do- it doesn't get much more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> close to you know who. <laughs> well, and also well, yeah. just it all being, you know, sucked in there too, you know, and knowing it's in there and seeing the thorns around it. And it's just like, yeah, that's, that's really bad. <laughs> this is a damaged heart, clearly, you know, and it goes back to what Skull Knight said and sort of the, you know, the takeaway we had from seeing the memory is that Casca, you know, should have died. You know, someone shouldn't experience this at all and shouldn't experience it and live, certainly. So, and, you know, there's a reason why, you know, she lived and she survived how she did with her mind the way it was. So it's, you know, it's really interesting, the idea that, you know, this, they've given her back her heart, but it's, you know, it's sort of tainted and full of all this negativity. Yeah. It was really easily one of the cooler visuals I've seen from Mira in, in recent years. Honestly, I just really like the idea of this. <laughs> it's a symbolic thing, but it also, hmm, what? Idea. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, boy. That <laughs> um, it symbolizes the, the eclipse, that it symbolizes her trauma that Mira is putting an image to that mm. idea. Uh, you know, Guts has his own weight to carry, and that kind of has become the beast for him. And I, I'm not trying to do a one-to-one comparison between the Beast and this, but I, both of them are kind of the price of the trauma that they endured. Yeah, you know, I think it's. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's appropriate to talk about it. To, to just uh, clarify for the listeners, um, you know, we, we are referring to like the double helix, uh, you know, symbolism. It's uh, something that's. If you check the brand, that's you know that's kind of what it symbolizes, and it's also a, kind of a callback to the idea of evil uh, when it's shown in um, episode eighty-three. So obviously, we see it on the the falcon symbolism too. Yeah, same. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of it in uh, in Berserk in in general, and yeah, it's something that's uh, recurring in the series, uh, very powerful. And why is you know like 
probably no direct connections that's being made uh, to anything. Uh, you know, Murad didn't use uh, the kind of imagery for nothing. So it's it's uh, clearly a, a symbolism, and it, it obviously ties back to the eclipse itself. It's very um, very related. So, but yeah, anyway, um, you know, I, I think Gastroma uh, is very like people. I, I feel like not a lot of readers kind of think about how traumatized he is. You know, I mean, Gus is pretty. Like if you were a normal guy in the normal world, he'd be batshit insane. Basically, I mean, you just you, you tell just Griffiths to him, and he's like foaming at the mouth. So yeah, <laughs> it's because the trauma to most people is a weakness, and so he's the hero. He can't have a weakness. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's for sure. Also, you know, I feel like Mira has depicted it as being a, a weakness you know, for him. But yeah, he's. His guts, because he's like the perfect man, you know. He he can turn anything into greatness. But yeah, and and so and Casca obviously like she she took it differently because her experience was also quite you know different and, and more painful uh, in a way. So yeah, she had this insanity. And what, what's what's interesting about this episode? I'm kind of rambling here, but uh, we, we were expecting. Uh, her trauma to be addressed, or at least I was. I was expecting Shuriken and Farnese to have to be like, you know, try to heal it and fix it. And Mira went another direction, which is uh, probably more interesting in that he, they, they don't address that at all. They're like, okay, we're putting her back together. And then, you know, and Farnese takes a decision and she's like, well, you know, she will endure uh, unbearable pain because, uh, you know, she will have to live with these memories that she had refused to face before. And I'm taking the decision by myself um, uh, to make her face it. And I'll be there for her to help her, you know, get through it. And so that's very brave of Farnese. That's a huge development for her because for so long she's been, you know, uh, part of the group and she, she's been helped by people. She was kind of a burden at first, you know, in a way, you know, when she last cast in the woods, she hid and everything. And so she, she from all these experiences where these people helped her get better and guts, you know, first and foremost, she, she's taking the strength and uh, that experience and she, she wants to help Casca with it. And so my point is that yeah. Casca will now, she, now she will bear a burden that's, I think, quite similar to guts in her own way and i wouldn't be surprised if mira also uh gives that trauma a form you know a visual form because this is a manga not a novel and so we, we might get a beast like thing you know maybe it would be thorns or it would be something but i think we might get something like that and you know i envision this future where farnese would kind of be uh the group therapist you know not, maybe not just for casca but for guts <laughs> as well you know and the others well, now that she understands the eclipse, maybe, yeah, she could bring it up with him. Yep. Yeah, it's actually kind of the margin story for here, for this, is Farnese and Shirke learning, well, more Farnese, learning about Guts trauma as well. It's not directly addressed. It kind of just happens behind the scenes, but that's there as well. That's conveyed via mm. the eclipse. It's never touched upon. This is Casca's moment, understandably, but... Now that's conveyed as well for her. Yeah, and they all knew he had, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder, but they didn't know exactly why. And and now they can be like, okay, I saw it, you know, I lived it, I felt it, I I knew, I know how how tough or horrible it was, and uh, you know, I can be there for you. To go back to something you said earlier, Azil, about Mira's decision to kind of not really address the trauma right now. There's a couple things happening at once. Like one, I, I like the idea. 
and it's, it's consistent with Berserk that for this great change to have happened, there has to be a price. And the price is they can't resolve this trauma with magic. They can't magically resolve this snap their fingers with the power of the sovereign and Cass com- comes back without any, you know, scars on her. You know, this is the visual representation of that happening. But the other thing is that they had to make a split second decision because he adds this moment of tension with uh, the Femto, yeah. you know, Falcon breaking into the scene. He adds this moment where they have to make a decision. They can't sit there and ponder how to resolve this scenario. Otherwise, it's it's time to put it in the body and let's go. Yeah, and I like that. You know, when um, when Danan uh, describes uh, the corridor of dreams, she she uses a word in Japanese that kind of implies it's a it's not a, a soft thing. You know, it's not a nice thing. You you kind of like force your way into somebody's dream. You penetrate the dreams. You know, and so 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 that's what they did. You know, uh, Farnes and Shuriki are invaders. You know, here they came into that mm-hmm. world uninvited. And so, and and they put her back together, you know, against her will in a way, you know, I mean, she, it's something I've been saying, you know, probably in every podcast we've had on, on the topic, but, um, you know, all these things in, in that uh, little world where of Casca's doing, so the, the Falcon that like, was guarding the last fragment, uh, it was, you know, part of Casca's mind, you know, maybe, uh, you know, em- embodying the, the trauma or whatever, but it was a part of Casca's mind, you know, and, and the dog, you know, was also a part of her mind. The part that maybe wanted to get better, so I was struggling, you know, I don't know, her fighting spirit or whatever, and the sprite, of course, was like her true self or ego. But the point is, um, the parts that wanted her to get better as a dog and the little thing, they were weaker, you know, they were dominated by the, the, you know, the trauma and the, the parts of her that just, you know, wanted her to stay like that. And foreigners and Shiruke were the outside, the foreign elements that intervened and were like, now we're going to do this this way and you're going to get back whether you want it or not. So I also expect there will be, uh, that will be some things they will have to deal with afterwards. And, you know, that calls back to the Skull Knight's word, you know, that's uh, mm-hmm. what she wishes for may not be what Gus wishes for. And that's what they said, like, maybe... That's what he meant. Uh, that yeah, she she might not be very happy to have been brought back, and you know she's she did she didn't want she wanted to stay like this because she didn't want to face uh, that that painful trauma, which answers a lot of questions that we've been talking about for decades. I, this is this is kind of where I had landed over the past several episodes that she did not wish for this. The defenses that she was putting up certainly made it seem like that was the case that she did not wish to be restored. That she was fighting against it. Looking forward, it suggests a lot of, I mean, obviously just the imagery alone, it suggests a lot of dark potential and, you know, a lot of resentment. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense, they're re-victimizing her all over again to bring her back, you know, yeah. they're making her re-experiencing it. And they're also committing their own violation, you know, in her mind in order to do this. Yeah. And, you know, they may or may not have yeah. to answer for it, depending on how uh, how she reacts, you know. And, I mean, she could be a very... You know, we've seen the effect on Guts, but he's also had like, you know, <laughs> you know, years of basically time to sort of readjust himself and recalibrate himself and get focused. And now she's just starting from uh, square one, like basically where he was when he woke up. 
There's a question of time, right? Like, what is time done to her? Does she not acknowledge that time has passed? Is it going to be like when Guts, you know, had his little sprint out right. after Goto's cave? Is this that moment for her? There's that moment where it looks like, I mean, she's not necessarily exhaling, but it looks kind of actually peaceful, you know, in, you know, where you see the recognition in her eyes and everything. It actually looks like, you know, kind of like classic Casca. Just with her hair longer, you know? Yeah. It's very interesting. But at the same time, it's such an ambiguous expression. Yeah. I've been staring at Is that she gonna face. she going to start going like, fuck you, <laughs> right after? What have you done to me? <laughs> Casca, it's not going to take long for Casca to put two and two together and realize that while she may not know Shirake and Farnese, whether she does or not, she'll know that she's being restored once she sees Guts, that that was done at his, at his behest, whether for good or for worse for her. And I imagine that's going to be part of their relationship moving forward. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, like, like I think Griff makes a, a great point is that Guts spent two years basically ripping entrails out of apostles with his teeth, you know, um, <laughs> before, you know, with Puck's help, you know, little by little, he, he you know, kind of became normal again. And, you know, eventually, like, he had a, a call to reason. I was like, oh, yeah, so that's right. I left my girlfriend in a cave. For two years, uh, I might want to check on her. And, you know, then he <laughs> met people. And because he was forced to do it, he, you know, slowly, slowly became social again. And now he's, you know, he's better. But, yeah, she, she might be like, you know, don't talk to me. People don't touch me, you know. I feel like she might also resent that, you know, if, if she if she only has glimpses of uh, the time she spent with these people, she might also feel, I don't know, maybe not violated, but she, she might resent them. She might, you know, resent guts for making new friends while, you know, his, his friends were butchered, you know, that kind of stuff. There's a lot of ways this could go. Yeah. My point is, there's a lot of ways Mira could make her into a very bitter person, you know, bitter cast. Yeah, and she really, she really has no reason... To be like, you know, to wake up and sort of be like buddies <laughs> with everybody. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't have or grateful any, or. Yeah. You know, she doesn't have any touchstone for that. Like these are essentially, you know, strangers yeah. to her. She, and there's. That's even a leap because we don't, we don't know for sure how she's going to integrate or reintegrate the memories that have right. happened over the past two years. Like, it could yeah. be anything. The, the sprite does go back inside if her in the end. If she'll see like good intentions and, you know, she'll have warm feelings from that time, you know, or if she could also look at it like, you know, who the hell are you people, you know, and she's, she's been through something worse than any <laughs> of them, even, even guts. And so. You know, she could just look at all of them and be like, you know, who the hell are you people to sort of yeah. play with my, you know, to play with me like this? Yeah, I will say that it would be a really interesting contrast against the the backdrop of Skellig and Elfhelm for her to be a very angry and very bitter person uh, right upon her awakening. Yeah. Because I think the feeling is that Elfhelm is this place that fosters good feelings and, you know, friendliness. And for her to be angry and upset would be a really interesting contrast. So I think she might be uh, kind of dazed at first. But uh, yeah, I, w I, w I wouldn't be surprised if her first lines were like, who are you people and what have you done to me? You know, why have you brought me back? They're like, well, you know, we brought you back because Guts wanted you to be back. And she's like, well, you know, fuck you, Guts. <laughs> Keep going. <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and you're Casca. We're your friends. You know, we've been going on this journey. And she's like, yeah, I wasn't on the journey. I mean, I, my body was and I had some 
level of consciousness, but not this one. Yeah, you know? I remember the time yeah. you wiped, wiped my ass. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not remember All it. right, we're going there now. <laughs> All right. I mean... <laughs> Well, it's interesting because it could really be anything. It could also change. Like I, I kind of in my uh, my you know it could be she she can't even talk at first, or you know she she doesn't have the her memories aren't right, or she could be totally pleasant, you know, and friendly and just questioning. But things could could change for better or for worse as you know she gets reacclimated to her situation and sort of things come back. So it could go either way. We could have a nice moment and then it gets bad, or we could just. Uh, yeah, she might also have more like some kind of anxiety or, you know, really painful sadness, that kind of stuff. It might not be just anger. I mean, because right. we, I think we, we think about anger and bitterness because that's that's how gas processed it, but it might be different for her. And there's also obviously uh, the matter for son, you know, that's a, that's a really big deal, you know. Yeah, I was just about to get there. That's almost set up like that can be sort of a solution for a lot of these things. And for the group and mm-hmm. for her and, you know, sort of how to reconcile. You know, you know, I, I expect, you know, I mean, we says going very far, but I, I expect, yeah, the, the, the song will play, of course, like the, the huge dominant part. And yeah, I, I kind of envision them grudgingly working together at first, you know, to with maybe with different objectives, but, you know, because they want to, to do that and, you know, just bonding over, you know, over time you know, as they go through various, you know, orgies or adventures together. But yeah, I, I expect, you know, I, I mean, I don't think Casca could ever not care about that, you know, not care about the sun. And so that's obviously like people have been wondering, uh, how will they return to Falconia? You know, I like that nobody's nobody's enjoying the moment. You know, it's just you know. It's, well, that's always how it is. Yeah, man. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> I'll be the devil's advocate here about Casca's feelings. Like it's it's easy for me to see that as well. That she'll be she'll come out of this bitter and and rejecting guts. Like that's kind of where I started this argument too. But you know, she was there. She saw guts pinned down. You know, she knows he went through a lot too. Yeah, there has to be. I think there has to be kind of a meet in the middle kind of thing. Like they shared this hugely traumatic experience they both went through it and they both survived and they had a kid together like all these things bring them together so i i i can't imagine it's complicated yeah, yeah. that's the thing and griff you said it in the thread like this is a whole new casca you know we're gonna see we're gonna see glimpses of her personality from before certainly it's not gonna be a complete restart but it is gonna be we don't you know as readers we have no idea necessarily what to expect it could be several layers of different things happening i think uh the most i mean Aside from her and Guts, the most interesting thing is to see how her and uh, Farnese, you know, come together or don't. Because is it going to be that Farnese has this deep feeling of sisterhood with her, you know, and camaraderie? And is Casca going to have that too and reciprocate it? Or is she going to be like, you know, I don't, hey, I don't know you. <laughs> don't, don't act like my friend. <laughs> I think she'll need to be to be tamed, you know. She'll need to to. I, I don't think she'll come out of this and be like, "Oh, I love you, sister." Oh, let's. Yeah, uh, go. exactly. And I feel like almost. I feel like Farnese could have that expectation, just very naturally. Yeah. Like you know, hey, I've been taking care of this person, and now I've helped cure them, and I I was actually the crucial part in them deciding to you know take that final leap, that part of them that you know wanted to come back, and you know. And it could just be very heartbreaking if Casca is basically like, I don't know you, you can't relate to me, I resent the hell out of you. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I, I think what's great is that uh, so far, 
you know, uh, Farnes' whole reason for being f- with a group to begin with that, that she could take care of Casca because, and because she's a woman, uh, you know, Casca wasn't afraid of her and eventually came to, to like her, you know, to be reassured by her and stuff. And now that relationship is like, it's over, it's destroyed completely. And she might be like, yeah, don't touch me. And if you touch me, I'm going to break your arm, you know? And so, <laughs> and, and be able to do it. And, and, you know, and it might be very difficult for her. And I also would expect, uh, with regards to what, what said uh, one of the first things she, she wants when she wakes up in that strange place with strange people is to to see Gus you know where's Gus mm-hmm. is he alive you know and to see him and to to be like wow I mean he's not the same man anymore that would be really interesting that would be really cool actually if uh if she basically it would mirror you know his reaction when he woke up oh yeah oh yeah I spent a lot of time talking about how I was very fixated on the image of the heart but honestly like my headspace since this episode has been what her first words are going to be to guts, what her mannerisms are in that scene. Right. Of course. It's, it's, it's yeah. just going to be a huge moment. Who will and cry first? Not, on- yeah, not, only, <laughs> not only for the immediate <laughs> emotional impact of seeing the, these two together again, it's also laying the foundation for the future for these two. Like he mirrors setting the stage for what is going to be these two's future. I, I have zero doubt, like absolutely no doubt at all. And I never had that they will be lovers again it will be a big ass love story and but yeah the thing is like how long will it take together yeah that's the question yeah is it going like is next episode they run towards each other embrace each other cry or is it much like you know i need time you know i can't i can't bear you the, the way you look at me i, I can't you know like it, it she might be when when i see your eye looking at me uh, i you know think back of that time you know it might be that it might be I can't I can't you know take it and I'm- come on Mira we've waited long enough let them just be like okay <laughs> a lot of bad stuff happened <laughs> let's just fuck <laughs> yeah you know what let's not think about it too hard <laughs> I kept trying to interject earlier but we were on a roll and that is you know in terms of helping her along recovering from this I mean she's really in no better place you know not only in terms of physical damage but also mental mental injuries i'm imagining danan will be able to help in some way at least to reintegrate her in a better way than guts had he had his weapons and apostles to help him cope with reality yeah i think casca's in a safer place yeah yeah and she's with uh, caring people she actually has somebody she can relate to because guts like the huge frustration for him is that Casca couldn't share it with him. You know, she couldn't. She couldn't share the burden. She was, you know, she, she like she was insane, and uh, and he also couldn't bear that. Uh, which you know is, I would imagine, his great shame. So yeah. they will also have to be, you know, to talk about these things. You know, there's so much stuff, so much stuff. It's it's very. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm gonna let me just throw it way, way ahead. I mean, this should be for like the end, but just like I was thinking, like. Almost an even the biggest moment I can think of that sort of filled me with like, you know, emotion would be like if uh, if and when she eventually reunites with Ricker because it's like none of that baggage. It's all positive. Yeah. I mean, it would just be such that would be a wonderful thing. I know it's like so far away, but I think she would just <laughs> hug him. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. She would just embrace him. She would say, you were supposed to meet us at the border, you little shit. Where the hell were you? <laughs> Where were you? You missed Your the rendezvous. Fault. This is all on you. <laughs> Funny to think about. I wonder if he's going to be a grown man by then. Yeah, yeah I, see, I think he will. Oh I think yeah, he will, yeah. Bearded record. It's like guaranteed now. Yeah, you're right. He's going to be at. A, he's going to be a blacksmith and an assassin 
at that point. Yes. Yeah. She's going to be the coolest character by the end she's, of the She's series. not going to recognize him. Yeah, I, I, yeah I that's true. With, uh, I spoke with Ubisoft. It's the next uh, Assassin's Creed game. It's uh, <laughs> Rickett and he's fighting Rakshas. You know, it's like... Oh, man. Assassin's Creed set in Falconia. That would be pretty cool, uh, actually. <laughs> now, I, I imagine they'll meet, you know... Okay, <laughs> speculation time. I imagine when uh, Guts and crew, uh, you know, go back to uh, the mainland, uh, they'll probably, I think, uh, stop by uh, the back Caracas, you know, ancient fortress, which would be fucking cool. <laughs> and yeah, and, and see that we, and Rakshas will be leading an apostle, you know, raid, and they'll be all <laughs> fighting these guys, and it's going to be fucking cool. It's going to be fucking awesome. As it turns out, the easiest way to access the Bucky Rocket Village happens to be a sewer line <laughs> oh, learning God. beneath the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to have to fight a bunch of Bucky Rocket people to get there. Yeah, we'll see the, the old guys, you know, they have brothers or something like that, you know. So there you go. Throwing spears. It would just be so cool to, like, if, yeah, I mean, going with the as a scenario, like, they're doing the raid and maybe they're in over their heads and this, oh, this might be the one and that's when Guts shows up. It's like, it's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you see that, you know, shot of the dragon slayer slashing through like the wall or whatever and, you know, slamming a guy and cutting him too. And, like, and then you hear, hi-yo! Yeah. <laughs> and that's when, you know, God says, you know, like, still circus fighting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I asked, would be the greatest. So I see your tricks. Uh, don't cut. Uh, don't cut it here. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of that scene in Predator where Arnold Schwarzenegger and that other guy are holding two arms, like, "Hey, what happened? Elf, I'll make you soft." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. See, I too got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are far afield now. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can bring it back. There's a little bit of Skull Knight in here, and uh, as the the owner of SkullKnight.net, I have to mention a, a little bit about. You're contractually obligated. The main man. <clears throat> I always forgot that Shirke was at that scene too, because the focus of that scene is on guts and <laughs> yeah. skull knight. Yeah, um, understandably so. And uh, you know, I kind of—I um, mean, maybe I knew, but I kind of forgot that no, she was well, there. No one else is ever there, but I remember. Oh yeah, distinctly, she was there with guts when he showed up. Yeah, <laughs> like they were actually having a scene before he interrupted. And, and you know, that's that's the things that I like. He's at. We we didn't care about Shuriken because you know Skull Knight always speaks and it's always guts and stuff like that and so you never care you never think oh, it's gonna matter to her but then you're always like oh yeah she was there hmm well mm-hmm. she's the one where it's gonna you know make a difference and you're like oh damn you and you know I feel like. If you if you look at Berserk all of the time, Murai manages to set up small things and you know just leave them there. And there's all the stuff that happens, so people are like, "Oh yeah, who cares about that?" He even distracted us in that scene because he like says something nice about her and Flora that you know gives her some feels. And so you probably mm. would have thought that was the extent of it, and just to introduce them. And then it's like this super important seed he was planting, and it's like, and it's probably what's happening with the child here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um. I, uh, in almost every every part of the stories and stuff like that, you know, I mean, I, w- I was thinking back, uh, I was t- talking to Puella actually um, about um, the Isidro monkeys that's in uh, Shiroke's dream. Because she was like, almost everything in the dreams of uh, Farnes and Shiroke uh, played a part in, in that sequence, except for that thing, you know, with Isidro. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you'll see. 
You'll see. It's it's no it's no coincidence. Uh, Isiro was the one who showed up. You know, he'll play a role in you know their relationship uh, later down the line. And and you know, I mean, that's just an example. But yeah, it's it's a kind of planting a seed like that, letting it just you know drift, and then being like, haha, you guys forgot this. That's that's a classic mirror thing. The only thing I wanted to add about the SK thing is that. That line is one of the more hotly debated things, or has been since Skull Knight had said it. And, you know, I think at the time we'd called it a prophecy. It was so straightforward. Sure. His cryptic line. It turned out he was being completely literal. Like, uh, yeah, she might not want this. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, you know, what's, what, you know, um, let, let me, let me be a dick, but people <laughs> always interpret things stupidly. I mean, a lot of people, um, because they have stupid expectations as it tries to bend the story to fit that. So, yeah, at the time we were like, eh, you know, he probably means, uh, she, she's not gonna, she, she might not be so happy to be back. She might not, uh, want, is she not going to want to be Guts' girlfriend anymore? <laughs> Even that is okay, but people are like, ah, she's going to go back to Griffiths, you know. Because oh, yeah, that's, go be with Griffiths. Yeah, that's what they've been saying forever. And it's much oh. like, you know, right now people are like, oh, yeah, now Guts can just Gus can just dump Casca on Alpha and get back to revenge because you know that's what that's been the expectation since you know forever. But you know, that's not just that's that's not going to happen. And uh, and so yeah, so I mean, I wasn't surprised that uh, by by Shuriken's line, I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. No, it wasn't a surprise, but it does close the book on that. Yeah, sure. You know, I agree. Which is a big moment, and, and it wasn't so much a prophecy as if you really think about it. Something some people, maybe even myself, had tended to think that was like a. It's a, a warning. A, yeah, totally. And it's a warning from someone who knew the scenario or the circumstances for Casca's mental breakdown. He was at the eclipse and he deduced the reason for her state yeah. and that it was probably self-induced or at least yeah. was a result of it. And thus she wouldn't be happy upon returning. I want to like just start the process all over again by reading way too much into him making that comment and knowing about it and be like, maybe this <laughs> happened to him. <laughs> you know, let's turn it into a big ah, foreboding. There are again. thorns on his symbol. There are thorns on her heart. There's a there's something there. Yeah, maybe I mean, you know he apparently you know Gazerick died, and so it could totally. Honestly, I've been thinking about this ever since I mentioned it in the thread. The theory that I tend to grasp onto, I think we do as well, is that you know he did die, but his somehow his soul was stored in the current armor that he has, and that transfer. You know. Hang on, this is still a speculation territory. Okay, 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 okay. And somehow that transference process, if there was a process, similar to the Corridor of Dreams, if we want to bring up the Corridor of Dreams, perhaps his existence has, you know, thorns around, or his soul is covered in thorns as a result of that. Like, the pain of what brought him back is still there, similar to Casca's heart. Yeah, he, he might, yeah, he might be recently dead. I think he, he was dying, because he's also, you know, it's a classic thing, you know, guys, you know, he's in bad shape, and people's like, eh. He's going to die, and then that person disappears, and they're like, he's dead. But behind the scenes, you know, stuff, you know, can happen where he's saved in extremis. And I think that might also be the process that... We have so many uh, fragments of that, too, like the armor, you know, that he wore. You know, presumably, he bled out in it. Or, you know, maybe he didn't die in it, but he was getting close. And we see what's happening to Guts wearing it. And presumably, you know, we would extrapolate and say, well, that probably happened to Skull Knight. He went went all the way through that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think he... 
he really fought to the death. Like he used the birth example as a, as it's intended, which is he fought, you know, until every bone in his body was broken, and uh, and then uh, he got a bone armor. Yeah, or or <laughs> that's what it turned him into, or someone, or he was turned into that to save him by Flora. But yeah, I mean, there's so many possibilities. Yeah, I think, and I think that uh, like his armor's main purpose is to yeah hold his uh, soul, yep, so that it doesn't get swallowed. But you know, t- to get back to to Casca oh, before that, okay, okay, last thing, last thing about SKs. I was still t- talking about that actually. <laughs> I was just gonna say, okay, people usually forget that he's not just some kind of magician, you know, predicting the future or something. He's just very old and he's got a lot of experience. So, you know, he often tells got stuff that's, like you said, you know, based on deductions and logic and, yeah, his experience. And, and the spiral. Yeah, and yeah, knowing how these things work. Uh, speaking of SK and, and prophecies, and if you want to call them that, you know, everything he said on the beach of Rutanus has now come to pass. So it's time for SK to come back. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's been time, but now it really is Well, it's is great time. that you mentioned that, Walter, because he's coming back in the Skull Knight novelization <laughs> 2019. <laughs> Keep an eye oh, out, no. folks. Oh, well, no, but first, he has to come back for the, the Apostle battle with Griffith that's going to happen on Elfhelm in the next episode. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Sure. I think I think he'll come visit, you know, just because he can, you know, with his fancy sword. So, yes. or maybe his horse running on the water. He told him about what, what would be there at Elfhelm. He told him about the possibility of Casca. He told them that if he continues on this journey, he'll encounter apostles and the leader of the apostles. All these things have already happened. So, if it makes sense. He needs to meet her. So, you know, that's kind of sure. interesting, too. If he would just, you know, kind of needs to introduce himself to Casca. Mm, was she worth it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's a. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think he would have interesting words for her. I remember when he was on the beach um, uh, in episode uh, 237. He, like, ja- at the time, uh, Japanese fans uh, made a big deal because he uses a word to refer to her that's kind of not necessarily super respectful. He just, like, oh, oh really? Yeah, oh, he, what? He, he calls her, uh, you know, a girl, but it's just like, you know. Well, you know, it's kind of like all this. Void calls people lambs, though. So, I mean, maybe it's just like an old person thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this kind of like, uh, tends to speak. If you are a concubine means that much to you. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he tends to speak like a king speaking to, to peasants, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of, uh, mm. well, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but he speaks like a high person. And yeah, and so she, she used the words that's, you know, maybe not the most respectful. Um, so yeah, people made a big deal, but yeah, I think, um, I think he would have interesting things to tell her. M- much like uh, he told things, you know, to Guts, you know, about his, the choices he would have to make, like including the big one, which is uh, he has to choose between protect and revenge, you know. And uh, so, and I think, yeah, he, w- he would tell the same to her, you know, when she might not be listening to anybody else, you know, not care about what they got to say. I think she, she might listen to, to this guy. If she still has those memories, you know, of like, you know, her time while insane, she's not going to be too big a fan of his whole, you know, oh, it'd be best if you kill it right now, that baby. <laughs> you know, he's, he's Mr. Well, Pro-choice right there. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I'm sure he could justify it. See, I told you fucking guys to kill this thing. Now, now look at this. Look at Falconia. You look at what it did to my city. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's from a practical standpoint, he was in the right. <laughs> but yeah, from personally speaking, though. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not. Again, he's not the warmest guy around. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! 
lots to look forward to. Just one more thing about the the thorns. This is just you know like the thorns. It's, it's very symbolic, so it might it might there might be nothing to it. But it would be cool if you know Cascans uh, Clonide had a kind of uh, you know relation. You know, hmm. uh, based on that, I don't know what it would be, but th- that would kind of be cool. But yeah, m- might might be nothing to it. And yeah, I was wondering what what you guys thought about the the Falcon intruding, which is also something we we talked about in the last podcast. You know, uh, what do you guys like it? Was it just like to attention, nothing more? Was there some cool stuff? I feel like it's almost it's almost there because it has to be to add tension to the moment. I don't. I, it doesn't. This little last part of the battle just really didn't do much for me. Yeah, uh, I was really focused on the the heart, the eclipse, restoring Casca, and then there's this fight sequence that I don't know. I actually would agree with you. I think it's cool. It's still neat, but at the same time, it was like you you can't really be bothered to like care about that. Yeah, the novel, yeah. you know that sort of had its moment where it was like oh. Oh my god, it's, you know, like the embodiment of Femto versus this embodiment of, you know, Guts. Uh, but, you know, the novelty wears off and you're like, you know, bring back Casca. <laughs> Basically, yeah. it's sort of where the mindset goes. Particularly it being this moment that they're, I mean, not delaying because it still happens, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just like kind of getting in the way of things, but it's there for attention It's purposes. interesting that it actually, they, he positioned it to sort of spur it on. To, to basically be like, you know, they have this moment where they look at the heart and they realize, you know, this isn't right. <laughs> you know, this is fucked up. <laughs> you know, we're not actually mm-hmm. doing this maybe the right way. And they don't have time to – they have to make a split decision though. Yeah. And say, fuck it. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll deal with it later. <laughs> uh, I, I, and that's what I like about it actually. Yeah, that's what's cool about it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it's only there to spur them on and to be like, there's no time, you know, you, we gotta do it. There's no other chance. And um, but yeah, as as for the fight itself, I, I would agree that it's kind of perfunctory. But I, um, I, I, there's two things I like about it. First, I like the design of the Falcon. This episode, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. great. You yeah, get a better also, look at it in this one, like it just the sort of its neck and its body uh, attached yeah, to its head, and it's, and the eye and stuff. I, so I think it's uh, it's pretty great. And again, it's uh, you know to get back to what we we're talking about the eclipse and stuff. I mean, it really it's really a representation of Femto, which is so you know it's that whole thing where it's grabbing or you know forcing open the the egg stuff. You know, I yeah, mean, it's very. I mean, you, you can talk all day about the symbolism of that. You wanted, and, you know, people wanted more of the rape in here. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's true. And and so and I also like um, I also like that it won. You know that uh, it's you know in the end it's stronger than the dog. Even uh, with you know Farnes's uh, right. armor dream slash yep. whatever thing to to boost it up, it's still stronger. And and I like that. You know I like that in the end. You know the the, um, the embodiment of the trauma. You know in Casca's mind always would have you know would have always won. You know it was just domineering everything and uh yeah and you know it what it took was you know for them to really you know put it back you know to you know in in the whole in the hot say in casca's mind you know as a a piece of the whole for it to just disappear and go away and be like you know to hell with it she'll deal with it you know so yeah i think that's a really interesting point it continues that idea that i talked about in a previous podcast about the dream journey kind of being a conversation and how the part that Casca that didn't want to wake up kind of won out at the end is very telling and, and uh, is going to be an indication of the, the struggle to come. Mm. Yeah. 
I also think there could be, you know, there's also the seed of uh, maybe not right away, but down the line, a positive outcome here for for Casca to look at this and look back on this. Like these people really were her friends and sort of came and rescued her from something she wouldn't have been able to, you know, get out of on her own once she's able to, you know, deal with the pain and the trauma and, you know, you know, reclaim some sort of normal life for herself that she can look back and be thankful to them for for doing that for so that that's an interesting thing and it's also an interesting possibility that maybe she'll have a softer stance on this and not just be yeah like we were saying not necessarily bitter and hateful and all that but yeah you know it could go anyway well it's certainly not unlike her it's not unlike Casca to have a you know a bad initial reaction and then to have time to think about and realize oh well. yeah <laughs> yeah you know what I think is because um, so we we string around a lot of ideas uh, I just wanted to say I, I think it's gonna be complicated you know like generally speaking um, yeah people tend to like have a simple thought you know uh, by which I mean. You know, she'll either love Guts and be a good girlfriend or she'll betray him and go back to Griffiths or whatever. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be she, – she's not going to betray, him, but she's also probably not going to jump in his arms and, you know, just smooch him all over and everything's good and everything, <laughs> everyone's happy. It's going to be complicated, you know, just like in real life. The the thorns around the heart make it almost a given that, like, clearly she's going to be closed off from people. Hmm. Yeah, you know, in some way, one, one idea I've had, and that's just getting a bit far ahead in speculation, but it's that Farnese might, you know, through magic, be able to show her uh, her own memories of what life was with the group uh, while Casca was, uh, you know, uh, out. Because I think I think she'll have glimpses of uh, memories of that time, but I don't think she'll she'll uh, like remember everything. Uh, with full consciousness, you know, of uh, her time as an insane uh, person. So I think, you know, Farnese, uh, part of the role she might play is to, um, for example, show Casca who Gus was, you know, through Farnese's own eyes, with her own, you know, feelings, to show her that, you know, uh, Gus was very, like, preoccupied almost uniquely by by Casca during that whole time, during their journey, you know, that's all he did. You know, I'm thinking about the time he jumped into water, all, all that kind of stuff, you know. Right. We're not going to do a page by page today, but there's a few things I want to talk about. Mostly on the second to last page, right as right before the scene ends, you know, we see the cherry blossoms falling and kind of Denon calling them back. But there's a cute little wave that the sprite does right before she goes in. He has a single hand wave, which I really like that little. I guess Azil said we're going to really miss her. I think. Um, but also on that page, the dog uh, has its limb restored which I thought was a strange touch. I didn't really know what you guys thought about that. I didn't really know what to make of it. Well, you know, I think um goes back to what I, I said, you know, I like what I've been saying all along is that um, to me, every element uh, is a part of Casca's mind. So I think the dog was a part of a mind. And, you know, so people, the dog is, you know, a representation of guts, you know, a dream. But it's also, you know, if you ask Casca, um, what is a perfect embodiment of, you know, fighting, fighting spirits, uh, you know, struggling, not letting go, you know, being determined, I think Gus would be a fitting part for it. And I, so I think that's why, in a way, the fighting part of her was, you know, uh, represented as a dog. Uh, the dog howls, and that's when it ends, you know, and she wakes up, you know, and Danan calls him back. It's just, you know, it makes perfect sense to me. 
Well, it's also cool, the dog, you know, like you said, it's her fighting spirit, and, you know, you can see it's restored, and it's the last thing standing. You know, it's still there, and so it's it, yeah. pretty, it really represents that she's, you know, back. Even though it still looks like a zombie dog from, like, Resident Evil or something, it's horrifying, <laughs> but, you know, it's at full strength again. <laughs> it still looks like it has the blood on it and the markings from when the, the armor was on it. It's yeah. still been, like, cut all to hell, but it's got its paw back. This might just be like a, you know, maybe in the volume, the arm's going to be gone again. <laughs> there we go. Like, there we go. Oh, I'm wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. He's going to add the boot onto it. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget boots. Yeah, Casca's boots. Oh, man, we can't end this episode with that. I'm running out of steam, though, folks. No, we already talked about it in the middle of the episodes, but you can't contain ourselves. But how about that last image and just, yeah, let's let's talk more Casca. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was going to talk about the Falcon again. I was just going to say <laughs> that I, I, I like that when they put the piece, uh, you know, the, oh, like yeah. That, yeah. that claw just disappears. Uh, because we talked about it last podcast, we are wondering, you know, whether it will just be blown away or everything. And I just like that it's... It's there and it's not there. Did you do your own uh, sound of silence pervading effect in your head when you read that? Like, boom. <laughs> or it all disappears. Uh, no, but uh, it, would, it would have been fitting. I could add one in and post. You're good. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, I didn't get my scream. That's okay. I'm still I'm still okay, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were really attached to that. But <laughs> I, I kind of like uh, the way it was done uh, better. Uh, it's very low key. You know, it's just... It's there and it's not, and uh, I, I like that whole snap thing. You know, it's just yeah, not it's not even a concern anymore. You know, it doesn't explode away; just truly disappears. So, and uh, and yeah, I wonder. One of the things is so we get this, you know, shout of Farnes. Uh, she's saying goodbye to the sprite. It's it's so it's really cute. I'm wondering if do you see guys simple see the sprite again? Nope. I wish going for good. She was cute, but I'm thinking no. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm not as big as big a fan of the sprite as you are, but I could see it coming back. But I, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, either way. I'm not. I don't have any expectations for it to come back. But you know, if it did come back somehow, that would be interesting. Maybe when they deal more with her trauma. Maybe like it's going to be a journey she goes on. I think it's so tied to this dream world. I just don't. I just don't expect mm. it to be back. If it, if it is, that'd be great. But I don't. I don't see that happening. I mean, well, I could see it being back because like you've got the thorny, you know, heart in there. But then you've also got the little sprite that seems to represent sort of this purity and innocence and, you know, the essence of her her goodness, you know? And so I can mm -hmm. see there being, like, a struggle there. You know, her own little dream quarter journey she goes on for herself. Here's another big question regarding the sprite going away. Is anyone going to miss uh, old Casca? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean... It no, I would I would say no because we we got enough of it. Twenty years. Of we it. got some good gags over the years. <laughs> I, I you know in in a way you know as it says a lot of great moments we were you know uh, mostly comedy you know, uh, but uh, yeah in a way you know I mean in a way it's it's always like when the familiar goes away it's uh, it's always a thing but we we got a lot of a lot of moments we sure did so you know so no no not really I'm I'm more excited to to see the new one but yeah it's a big change. It's, it might even be a bigger change than people realize, you know. I mean, especially if, if you've been following the series for so long, it's just, I think it's going to really change the group di dynamics. It's going to make a lot of difference. And, you know, I was thinking back to um, what Farnese tells the sprite as she goes, you know, that you'll you surely see him. Yeah. There was that question when uh, 
you know, we saw the fragment. It was uh, the demon child in the shape of the demon child. People are like, oh, uh, that must be um, the demon child she wants to see in her guts. And, you were uh, wrong if you thought it was guts. <laughs> well, you know, F- Farnese is still... She really wants to see Griffith. Yeah, <laughs> far, far is still um, still pretty much think uh, it's Gus she wants to see, yeah. but I find I find it interesting. I, I I think it might it might quite well be the the demon child. So yeah, uh, I mean it would be logical for for it to be a son, you know. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting to also see how that will play out. You know, I think the far is a Casca relationship is going to be very very big, a big big deal. Do you think it's going to start out uh, with acrimony based on, you know, just what happened here? Or do you think she'll be more grateful and sort of trusting of Farnese? That's a good question. I don't know. I could, I, honestly, I see it could really go either way. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think she should, like, hate her for, for so long. Especially uh, if they're like, oh, yeah, she she really wanted to bang us all along, you know. She's been... <laughs> so, but... Uh, <laughs> she's just she's just using you to get to him. <laughs> No, I, I think it could go either way. I think eventually there'll be there'll be a good pause, but yeah, it could take some time. I also think uh, people, while nobody's really concerned about Shiruke, but I, I think Shiruke's relationship with Casca will also be like a thing, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, there's also like Casca will have to find a new place within the group. She she like she's not a fighter she once was, but even if she even if I'm sure she will get back there, but much like Serpico, it's like, okay, you're good with a sword, but, you know, you're fighting apostles now and giant monsters, so you're going to need something more. You know, she can't. Hey, she slayed an apostle, man, at the at the eclipse. <laughs> I mean, I, I fully respect Casca's fighting prowess. It's just she's going to need a little pick-me-up, you know, something to... Well, I mean, they're they're in the right place. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I hope Mura subverts all expectations, uh... In that I hope she doesn't just get a flame sword, you know, ice sword. Uh, <laughs> Thorn sword. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. But it's I, to I, go I, with her now icy heart. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that'd be pretty cool. Fact. <laughs> no, I think, so. <laughs> I talked you into it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm i sure I like whatever Mira cooks up, but I, I hope it's something that's not just, you know, I hope it's a rest of expectations. So... Had this Earth Axe lying around, nobody else was using it. Well, you know, I think, you know, I think obviously Azan is going to get the, you know. <laughs> well, n- now that he's found his long lost brothers, the dwarves, uh, yeah. they might give him some free stuff. Yes. So. Yeah, so they might just, you know, inscribe some the runes. Special armor for you. Yeah, some runes on his stuff and. Get some swag, you know. Casca's the only one that sort of has the potential to, like, not just be Gut's opening act, you know? Like, yeah. You know, that's what they're, all, they're all sort of doomed to be sidemen. <laughs> she's the only one that might get her own, like, you know, moments to really shine. That's that's not fair. They, they get they, they shine a bit, but... They do. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I also don't think Casca... It's always until Guts shows up, though. <laughs> Berserk is not going to be the Guts slash Casca story, you know. It's still going to be Guts. So, yeah. I-, I think she should have a big part, obviously. But, you know, I still expect Guts to be... I, I know at the end of the day, you got to have the big guy a big sword, you know. <laughs> but she's the only... I I still feel like she's the only one thematically... That can, yeah. like, sort of stand on equal ground with him and, like, you know, even springboard off of him to, like, you know, make big things happen, particularly in the end. Mm. I literally hope she can jump off his shoulder to, you know, fight <laughs> some stuff. Literally, so, she'll know. springboard off the Dragon Slayer and stab <laughs> Griffith in the heart. Yeah, she needs her own armor. <laughs> she's gonna 
like, you know, propel her with, uh, you know, Dragon Slayer, just, you know. <laughs> like a missile. Yeah, like a, you know, a tennis ball or something. A, a, base, a baseball, you know. He's going to batter at the enemy. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do hope she can become the de facto leader of the group. Um, oh, yeah. Because so far it's been, you know, Shiruke is a knowledgeable one and she's like, oh, we got to do this to stop the magic monster. And goes like, well, fuck this, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> so, and I hope Casca can be like, you know, you, you shut the fuck up, you big oaf. You're going to do what I say. You, you do this, you do that. And he's like, okay, yes, ma'am. And the others are like, wow, wow, wow. How'd she do that? We've been trying for 20 years. It's just, it's just talking. And when you will not take Blaze Wheel on your body again. Yeah, and when he's like, yeah, I'm going to use the armor, she just punches him in the face, and now you're going to do it the hard way. Stop, stop, stop the steroids. Bad for your, it's bad for your heart. Yeah, I, I mean, it would, it would really be cool to see her take up that mantle out of necessity, you yeah. know, because it's not something I think she'd necessarily want for, you know, all the reasons we've described, but where if they end up in a situation where she just sees, you know, like, ugh. These guys, they're kind of yeah. a mess. <laughs> yeah. Her skills will shine. You know, I, I think her, her skills will shine through. And, you know, I always remember that moment during the eclipse when Gus realizes he's like, I, I knew she was like, she, she was a commander and, and good and stuff, but I didn't realize how good she was, you know. When he sees her organizing and commanding the men, yeah. even, even mm-hmm. in that crazy scenario, he's like, he, he, he hadn't realized. And I think... You know, it's, it's never said or anything, but I think the implication to me is that eventually she, she rises, you know, at Griffith's level of, you know, skill in commanding people, you know, and that's something that's not really touched upon, but, uh, I, I like to see that being developed some more, you know, it's not just, it's not, it's not just fighting skills, you know, at some point it's also, you know, there's a lot to a fight. So I hope she can shine in that department. Mm-hmm. We are basically now, not basically, we are at the end of the dream sequence. So I wanted to ask you guys uh, what you thought overall of this entire sequence of the manga. But right before that, I wanted to say we spent a lot of time last episode of the podcast talking about how focusing the attention of readers on the demon child at this moment, you know, gave Miura an avenue, particularly through Casca's eyes to just lay it all out there about the moonlight child and the demon child. You know, this was a very opportune moment for him to do that. And he, and he, he pivoted away. He did something completely different, didn't focus on it. And he leaves that a huge mystery for Shirke and Farnese. So I feel like it's inevitably going to come back. It's a question of when and how, uh, I wonder how soon that'll play a role. We talked uh, earlier about, you know, you're planting a seed and then coming back to it later on. And this is exactly that. So it's simple, you know, like we talked like podcast, uh, last podcast, uh, we hadn't really thought about what the last fragment would be like. You know, they all are represented by something, you know, it can be a Casca yeah. sword, we forget the cape uh, that Griffiths gave her, it can be lots of stuff. And so this time it was a uh, child, which is a pretty good way to represent the eclipse to me, very fitting, but it could have been anything else, it could have been a Beherit or <coughs> I don't know, whatever, uh, a pile of blood. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, he chose the child and 
you know, obviously the child is not in the in the eclipse. And it, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm vindicated that we didn't see any post uh, <laughs> insanity memories because I, I didn't see how that would make sense. I would have been uh, uh, pretty upset uh, if it hadn't been going like that. So I was pretty I, happy with that. I knew it could it be because I would have been wrong. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I would have been uh, obliged to be like, yeah, sure. Uh, it was a slam dunk on your part because I was like, but... Th- you did see the child is the fragment, right, Azil? <laughs> like, yeah, you, you you fucking nailed it, of course. It's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm booking a flight to Japan. I'm going to rectify this problem. So, um, no, no, I, I think so. So, yeah, so, you know, we, we saw it as a symbol, uh, which makes sense, but he wasn't there. And so people, predictably, people are already like, ah, what? Oh, yeah, I, 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 well, who cares? Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think obviously, obviously the girls are going to be like, they're going to have a, aha moment, you know, always like yeah. putting two and two and then, you know, with a boy, because, you know, Shiruke, you know, like she had guessed uh, he might have been a... She's already got her suspicions. Yeah, she, she, you know, Shiruke had suspected he might be uh, an, an agent of Sovereign of the Floor of Storm, but like, uh, so she's they're going to go out to the banquet and be like, so by the way, uh, where's your guy? And she's like, what, what? I mean, at some point, you see the kid is always, you know, he was always hugging Casca, you know, so they're going to put two and two together. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it will be um, big p- a big part of that uh, puzzle, you know, a big piece. And to me, it really furthers that uh, that thing. It's a big hint for them. I think it's, it's what is going to be one of the final hints that will allow them to, to put uh, two and two together. So it's interesting to me just that sort of the child and I mean, I guess it's it literally it's corruption is sort of the embodiment of like the ongoing trauma and pain of this event and why it's you know, it's there's no easy fix. And it's also interesting to me that literally everything springs forth from the child as the symbol and then sort of we see it and it goes back into the heart. So it like it literally comes out, you know, if you follow it from beginning to end, it comes out of the child it's like this vortex, and then the vortex goes into the heart yeah. with the uh, <laughs> with the you know spines around it or the thorns. What one of the big? I think one of the big questions now is um, how much of her child will Casca remember, and will she will she still be able to fill him with her brand? I think she will. That's a big question, right? Yeah. Will she understand that? And you know, like, can she remember that uh, Griffiths is actually uh, her child? You know, like uh, as he showed up on the Hill of Swords. Can she remember? So all these things, uh, like big, big, big questions. Well, that's the that's what that Im- the implication to me of the child being important is that she has to reconcile her memories when you know she was insane with her you know conscious self. Because how is she going to otherwise put it together? And maybe it won't be at first. Maybe there will be some delay there. But it it implies that she's definitely going to have to, at some point, have access to these memories if it's going to be a priority for her. Otherwise, she would have no frame of reference to her own, you know, most important thing. So uh, it it definitely implies that. And I wonder if the child is maybe the cure for those thorns, too, since, Mm. you know, we saw it all spring out of that and then go into that heart and create the thorns, if maybe that's what can actually, you know, take it away. And the only thing that can make it good again. Or at least uh, make her, you know, uh, get past it, you know, much like, you know, like get her to focus on something. Yeah, I think, you know, I think she might also be very confused, uh, you know, if she were like to remember her feelings of affection and be like, 
you know, I saw Griffiths and I felt the longing towards him. And why, you know, like much like Gus was confused when he saw it. He was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. And um, so I think, yeah, she, she might have she some. She wants to rejoin him by his side. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who still don't don't get what happened in this scene. But, and yeah, and so I think, uh, you know, eventually I'm, I'm quite sure that that's what Casca uh, and Gus will bond over. It's not just saving the world, not just getting revenge, but saving the sun, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that's what they're going to go for. I mean, they're doomed. <laughs> as things currently it's, stand it doesn't have to be this way but it would be really weird and kind of wrong if it's Danan who's the one that lifts the veil for them like yeah it's your son you dummy let me show you every let me show you everything because yeah. <laughs> you're gonna need this to for the story to work I just think that would be cheap for, yeah. if it was for Danan to do it because she's she's an, she's a foreign entity to this entire yeah. you know dilemma so I don't think it can be well, that way. Well, I mean, personally. she already uh, facilitated this, so she's yeah, in the- <laughs> as, a, as a mediator, I'm fine with that. She might uh, give them a hint. Uh, the skull knight might as well, but you know, it's interesting mm-hmm. because uh, the, the question is: Will the boy show up on the island? Mm-hmm. Because it's like yeah. you know, uh, he shows up and says, like, uh, "You guys, who invite? Who invited this uh, creature?" So. <laughs> And then and then Ged slaps handcuffs on him and puts him in the dungeon. <laughs> Move aside, I'm gonna burn him off. And she's like, No Yeah, it's 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 coming, guys. Mark it down, I predicted it. So I'm yeah, bracing uh, myself. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. Um but yeah, yeah. Lots of uh, unknown stuff. Uh like I said earlier, uh, before I forcibly transitioned from like one hour ago. <laughs> so I, I, I really liked uh, how the dream sequence was uh, was done. I really loved it. Every part uh, from, you know, the dream of uh, Farnese, dreams of Farnese and Shiroke, to the surface dream of uh, Casca, to the nightmare within. I loved uh, all of it. I liked it as well. I thought it's very interesting, particularly as you mentioned throughout this conversation that Casca is important, but, you know, Guts is the main character of the story. But for Miura to spend so long on was effectively a sub character for the series. You know, she's the second or third most important character yeah. in the series, but still to spend so much time off frame from the main character is a very brave thing to do, I think, particularly for a series like this. We do get volumes worth of content for Griffiths. So I think and mm-hmm. you know, and we got like full episodes without guts uh during the conviction arc. So I think Mira's not afraid to do that. But yeah, it was nice that uh he developed you know, you get, you know, some character development for Farnes and Shuriki, and of course it's all focused on Casca. I mean uh, I would have been disappointed with anything less, to be honest. And we still got, yeah, you know, that, that's the thing with Mira. We still got the dog, you know, and the and the sword. Sure, and, you know. that's true. So you know, he managed to still, you know, shoot it in a bit. So you know, it's fine. I think. How can you be disappointed? I with mean, that? yeah, this is something. This is so important and been such a driving force for the just the entire story for so long that uh, you know, it's sort of actually been the two the two major driving forces have been. Griffith and what he's doing, and then you know the situation with Guts and Casca, and you know how to rectify and reconcile that. So I think anything less, like as said, would have been giving it sort of short shrift. They definitely had to give Casca her due after all these years, and you know I think he did. I mean there were people, you know, we saw even you know it could have been longer. There could have been more, you know, spend more time on it. But I I think uh, you know basically this volume is sort of dedicated to it, you know, the no. the dream sequence and also the lead up to that. And I think that's uh, that's fitting. Yeah, and I think it speaks a lot to the to the 
quality of this dream sequence that people were saying, oh, I wish I could have seen an extra page of this memory or something like that, or with the eclipse. Yeah. Uh, just the fact that we've been building up to this for so long and, you know, people are ready for, for a cured Casca, but and yet people are saying, oh, I wish we could have gotten a little extra tidbit here or there. And, uh, and the fact that people in some cases still say it's, you know, gone by pretty fast. And, you know, it's funny. Relative to 20 years, it has. It's been like, wow, it's actually happening. It's, it's, it's zipped right by, yeah. And uh, it's funny to think, like, back before December, before the break ended, I was just like, oh, when is this When is this coming back? I'm ready, I'm ready. And then, you know, flash forward to February, and it's just like, whoa. It's, yeah. It's crazy. It's also a factor of what can live up to the moment where, you know, it's like you can't just wave a magic wand after all this time and, oh, She's back. She's better. Right. You know, there've been so many there've been so many events and things and little teases and hints and like, oh, we see a flash of the old Casca, you know, fighting on instinct or mm-hmm. or this or that. So it's like he really almost had to, you know, break this down to this level and give it this much uh, gravity to make it feel earned and make it feel right. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, like we've been saying, it's not over. Yeah. They repaired a broken mind, but the actual trauma is still there. So it's a whole new thing to deal with. And, uh, you know, I get the feeling Mira spent a lot of time thinking this through. Uh, you know, not not just this dream sequence, but what comes afterwards. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really quite curious to find out what is, uh, what is cooked up. Because, uh, you know, somebody on the, on the forum was like, uh, maybe uh, what's coming won't be as uh, intense, uh, you know, maybe the emotions won't be as strong or the drama will be as strong. I'm like, dude, no way. It's going to be even more. Buckle your seatbelt. Yeah. I agree. It's just, it's, it's just getting started. They're just going to hug it out and then she's going to put on her Hawks gear and <laughs> yeah. we're going to be back to normal. <laughs> and especially because, you know, Mira has a thing where get some action sequence, you know, or some stuff, you know, and you expect it to cool down a bit. And sometimes it does, but sometimes it goes even more, you know. And um, it usually does more. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, you know, we we've we've been wondering, you know, about her film. You know, I mean, there's obviously the group will be forced to to get back to the islands. There's going to be a, some kind of foreign elements that pushes them not to stay forever. And um, it might not be right away, but it will come. It might come soon enough, you know. And it could just be time. You know, time dilation. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah, a time dilation as, aspect in any case, um, but uh, you know, I think I think that there are stuff to do. You know, it won't just be you know lying around on their asses. So I'm I'm very curious to see how it all uh, you know spans out. As far as my impressions, like I, I agree with everything that's been said. I actually also like that throughout the course of this whole sequence, we got kind of a really gradual development from Farnese, you know, kind of where we expected her to be by the end of this. And it, no real big surprises, but it was nice to see her transform yeah. and dedicate herself to Casca like this, you know, more than just it, her being her duty. She's compelled to do it because of her past experiences like that. Um, my only real criticism, if anything, is that Shirke kind of comes out of this, you know, A, unscathed and B, unchanged, really, I think. She didn't, she had the least amount of development here, it seems to me. Mm. She was kind of there as a facilitator, understandably. Farnese had some 
significant development. Casca, we don't need to talk about that, but Shirke, mm-hmm. you know, she, she's there. Yeah, despite her near brush with sex education, it, it's true. <laughs> sure, that's true. That was a good funny. That moment. was that was a great gag. Yeah, she, she I guess she was kind of second banana to the whole thing, and and mm. yeah, she's gonna probably, I'm hoping, play a bigger part in her relationship with Casca after she wakes up. And I was thinking about that actually, and how. Casca hasn't really spent that much time with women her own age or many women at all. And I think that, True. you know, the fact that she's going to have an interesting f- uh, relationship with Farnese moving forward uh, is interesting. But I'm also really interested in seeing how she relates to Shirke, who I think yeah. they they share a lot in common. Just the fact that their Shirke was always woman in a man's world. I know, putting, putting yeah, so much isolation. on her own shoulders, and, you know, isolated and... Well, an interesting factor is, I mean, first of all, that, like, Farnese began by, you know, like, wanting to burn Casca at the stake, uh, you know? Yeah. It's also is that she's kind of a princess, you know? she's She comes from this completely different world, you know? And obviously, she's evolved into a, a totally different person from that time. So, it'll be interesting to see what Casca's measure of her is. Yeah. You know, if she's, if she's mistrustful of her her past, you know, or if she sees what she's become. To get back to the topic of Shirke, um, you know, Farnese, she, she, when they met with Shirke, she was very, uh, how to say, reserved. And, you know, uh, and then she became a student, you know, she asked her. So they, they have a kind of relationship where, though Farnese is an adult, you know, she doesn't often, uh, act as a mentor or a big sister to Shirke, you know, very rarely. Whereas, uh, I feel like for Casca, it will be much easier because, and it's kind of like we've got, you know, guts. He's got, you know, he's worldwise, you know, he's got experience. He, he, he will sometimes, you know, uh, hand out judgment, you know, just snap judgment. He's like, yeah, this is not good. Or you do this, you do that. And I think, uh, Casca can, you know, can do kind of the same thing, but, you know, as a woman. And that makes a big difference for Shiruke. So I do expect her to act as kind of a mentor to her, uh, you know. About, you know, the, the, uh, the things of life. It's interesting uh, what you were, I guess, going back to what uh, Wally was saying about Shirke. I think she had sort of the thankless job of being like the professional who knew what they were doing here and kind <laughs> of had to hold the line with all this craziness. And yeah. it gave, uh, and Farnese, you know, certainly proved herself. For Shirke, definitely got the, the short end of the stick here. Um, but I think it's a function of uh, first, this was Casca's place, and second, Farnese did get a lot of development, including in her relationship with Shiroke, where, you know, um, Farnese actually had an active role, and she actually contributed her own little tricks, and I feel like she progressed not only as a character, where uh, I, I think it's, it's going to be lost on a lot of people, but yeah, her position uh, towards Casca evolved quite a bit during this this uh, sequence. But I think even as a magic user, uh, with Shirke, she gained a lot of maturity. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it makes a big difference. This was clearly about Casca and Farnese. You know, Casca first, Farnese second, and Shirke third. Where Shirke, I think, got um, a few moments, but not much. But that being said... Uh, we're in uh, Elf Elm, and uh, I would expect Shiruke to actually uh, get quite a lot of uh, out of this place, you know. 
a lot of development. So we see regarding to the other witches. Yeah, I look forward to that stuff too. Yeah, I mean, she, she she's gonna. You know, there's a lot of avenues, you know, for uh, rivalries and, you know, uh, for her to um, get stuff from the elders, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, I also think she kind of, you know, playing, you know, as a foil for Farnese in her big moment, you know, she's been, you know, part of her struggle has been being, you know, too uh, academic and fastidious. And, you know, she kind of gets to witness someone who's, you know, learning and a bit of an amateur you know really rise to the occasion you know through you know feeling and emotion and seeing the effect that has and it'll be yeah. interesting to see if uh you know when that comes to the fore for her at some point you know because i mean that's something she struggled with she's always sort of the responsible one playing by the rules and defining them and also having that role of explaining it to us as readers so it'll be interesting to see you know one day if we ever uh see her let go as part of it and just go more on feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's it guys. Um, the kind of the lasting thing I wanted to talk about was I keep coming back to these last three pages and, uh, I said it at the beginning and I just really like the pacing of it and, and where, how it ends up with th- three pages, no text, huge dramatic reveal. It's just a nice, quiet, dramatic moment as if it's a, it's a movie and there's just silence. I just really like that effect quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of underplayed awesome moment yeah it's uh well i mean mira's pretty good he knows uh he knows how to do these things and uh well i mean technically there's a there's a goddamn dog barking you know during (laughs) you're right (laughs) (laughs) now in japanese he's really like (laughs) (laughs) you imagine like being this great you know like bell chiming sort of howl you know but no yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be pretty, pretty cool. It's it's Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Very important topic. Uh, what haircut for Casca going forward? Oh damn, right. that's right. Place your bets now, gentlemen. Place your bets. Fashion time. I, I even forgot how to call it. She's gonna do um, a braid. Like oh. I was thinking about that too. I thought that one nice. big braid. I like it. Didn't Rickert already kind of you know like get that territory? <laughs> and now she'll reclaim it yeah the, the, i guess the question was long or short hair the braid kind of accomplishes both <laughs> in a way yeah, or no, she could have I'm, like I'm, a, a bun oh come on that's <laughs> like a matron style well no make it more like uh make it more like a warrior give her the the man bun <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like a warrior the man bun <laughs> yeah i mean how perfect would that be i like the idea of the one big braid you know and that could be cute i think she's gonna chop it off not to her old length, yeah, but that would be cool. halfway, kind of like a cute little, ah, yeah, little something, something. That's actually that would be really like cool. That. Yeah, halfway, halfway sounds pretty good. But wait, that's Farnese's hair right now. <laughs> so they'd be, they'd be twins. <laughs> so I would, I'm just picturing it being kind of messy, still kind of like her current haircut, but just shorter, closer mm. to her, her ears. Well, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it in the final page with the shape of her hair and her face and how it's framing, but you can almost see like within like the crazy hair going everywhere in the back in the foreground you can almost just see the old casca like I yeah. cut out of her in there yeah i was doing the same thing yeah. i was looking at the page yeah gonna squint and see it yeah i think um, Mira might have done that on purpose yeah yep 
it would be easier for the audience, you know, just for people that are like reading, you know, that like, you know, maybe they miss this episode and they open up the next uh, volume and it's like, oh shit, Cask is back. Look at her hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have much more to say, strangely. Uh, it was one of the bigger episodes, probably the biggest episode we've done on this podcast, I think. Wow. Uh, we, we started this podcast episode 326, 327. So yeah, I think so. That and seeing Elf Elm, of course. So yeah, it's been a big moment. Yeah, more big <laughs> moments to come for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we, have, uh... we have we have we have definitely crossed a threshold for the series, though. And we talked. We've been talking about this moment since we started the show, and we kept saying over and over that you know uh, so many threads for the future depend on this moment and how this moment plays out. And, and you know, well, here we are. From every step forward beyond this, we're kind of an uncharted territory, which is an exciting place to be. Yeah, it's funny to think about recording this episode when I, I actually one of my favorite episodes of the Skullcast was when you guys covered Casca's uh, portion for a couple of I think it was a couple of episodes of the podcast, and I remember I think we did two on her. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. and there was so much speculation at the time, like what what does you know Elfhelm look like, and now we're here. It's mm-hmm. wild. <laughs> yeah, and I don't yeah. remember exactly what a weird place what we to wake said, up to. But yeah, we were probably completely right. So uh, I'm just gonna get no, I'm yeah, kidding. probably, probably, <laughs> just, just as. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird for her. You know, she, you come out and it's all these crazy guys all over doing crazy. She, she's like, you know, cut the music, stop this bullshit, Sweat, <laughs> sweating the elves around. That's right. She and, is in a very weird place. Yeah, is that like now you're gonna the- you're gonna enjoy yourself whether you like it or not. I mean, in a way, okay, I'm, I'm you know going crazy now. In a way, it's not unlike it's not unlike the eclipse. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's some kind of crazy, insane festival where uh, <laughs> it's not monsters eating you, but it's just you know I don't know guys dancing and you know kind of you know c- kind of a crazy party where so there could be like some immediate PTSD where yeah. you know she sees the she sees the little troll guys eating like a bunch of food and flashes back yeah. to apostles eating her friends. Yeah, I mean why why not? I mean it's uh, like these guys, you know, it's, it's a the idea of the crazy maelstrom of the party where, you know, music's super loud and you can't, you know, people are just, you know, oh, come on, drink, drink some more. So, yeah, I don't know. Come to the feast. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's not going to get a lot of personal space, I would bet. And yeah. that might be an issue, yeah. at least for a panel or two anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thankfully, you know, we, we kind of... You know, solemnly predicted last time that once Casca did come back, we'd probably get a good six-month break. But nope, we're back next month. That's, that's because we kind of expected two more episodes and not one. So yes, that's, I think he'll. I think he'll finish up in June. Anyway, uh, yeah, well, it's gonna be. We, we gotta get enough to make a volume, so, uh, a full yep. volume. So yeah. All right, guys, thanks for joining us, and we'll be back in a month for more Berserk and very exciting times. Very exciting. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Later. The Skullcast is a production of Skullknight.net, a Berserk fan community. If you like what you heard, please visit patreon.com slash sknet. Donations there do not go towards the podcast, but instead toward our resident translator, Puela, who ensures that our members have access to high-quality, text-based translations of Berserk. Huela has also been translating interviews with Berserk's creator, Kentaro Miura. Many of these interviews have never been translated into English, so it's very exciting to read those. That kind of work simply wouldn't have happened without support from our donors. If you'd like to chip in a buck or two, 
please know that it all helps. Once again, that's patreon.com slash sknet. If you have a question or want to comment on the podcast, visit our forum, skullnet.net slash forum. Near the top, you'll see a section devoted to the podcast. There's always an active thread in there, so go ahead, leave a post, and someone's sure to respond quickly. Thanks for listening.